0: Welcome to Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. I'm Shannon Powell. Democrats score a major victory in a high-stakes special election. Tom Swasey defeats his GOP challenger in New York 3, a congressional district covering parts of Queens and Long Island. Swasey, a former congressman with a 30-year career in public service, delivers the win in a tough-swing district, an area that's been trending Republican. What made the difference in this race? And what does his win mean for Democrats running for Congress throughout New York this year? Casey Sabella, the New York Dem State Director for 2024, and John Tomlin, a Democratic strategist with ACTUM, join us today. Thanks, guys, for joining us. So nice to have you here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good to be here. So, up until the very end with the Swazi race, the polls had Swazi ahead, but within the margin of error. But in the end, he won by a resounding nearly eight points. I want to know why, again, were the polls so wrong? Casey, let's start with you because you were on the ground there in New York Three. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think a couple of different things. You know, the same kind of people tend to answer polling calls that always answer polling calls. Um, So, first, we have to say that. And then, secondly, I think what the Swazi campaign and all their partners uniquely did was like get to those voters who might not have been polled. So I think that's part of it. Um, But I also think that like (laughs) with politics becoming more polarized and complicated and Long Island itself having some real rough races in the last few years, I'm sure that was also reflected in the poll as well. Um, But yeah, there was a huge grassroots organizing movement that I was lucky enough to get to be a part of. And it turned out, I think, those voters who might not have been tapped to be included in a poll, which was really inspiring to see.
0: So, John, what are your thoughts? Do you think polling is broken or was this just a blip on the radar?
2: No, I don't I don't think polling is broken. Um, you know, I, I think there's a a lot of attention that the media likes to play, likes to pay to, to polling um, because they like to report on the horse race, who's mm-hmm. up, who's down. Right. And, and um, you know, and, and so it's important to remember what polling is used for. Polling is a snapshot of people's sentiments in a moment in time. It's a scientifically. It should you know. It should be a scientific sample of you know public opinion at that moment, and then you know you use it so you have a data set to track you know how effective your messaging is. What 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 do people care about? Um, And you know uh, and 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 so that's how it's used. Um, I I think that it gets sort of over over. Overemphasized in the media coverage. It's important. It's it's extremely important. And you're always very concerned if you're not doing well, and you're happy if you're doing well. But um, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think it's overplayed. Um, honestly, um, the money race to me is is much more of a factor in terms of who's going to win, who's going to lose. In my, and in
0: my opinion. let's talk about the money. How did that make a difference in terms of what each candidate raised, John?
2: Uh, Well, I think, you know, again, I think it was um, significant. The Democrats invested heavily in this race um, and the results spoke for themselves. Um, And, uh, you know, this was really a a make or break moment. Um, There was a confluence of um, of uh, of Democratic interests that came together uh, in support of Swazi. Um, And uh, and I think that the. um, I think that the outcome was uh, reflective of, you know, how much investment came into this into this race.
0: Casey, how did you see the money make a difference uh, in this race this time?
1: Let me tell you, it's a lot more fun to organize with money than it is without it. Um, Just from like my perspective on the ground, not even acknowledging my further understanding of fundraising on campaigns in general, we could do so many more things And we had so many more hands on deck so many more people hired such a bigger staff a more diverse staff um than campaigns usually get when they have less money or less resources or less attention and it was just like i you know i'm used to organizing on long island and in new york and in queens but when you have the money to really be able to meet voters where they're at it like changes the entire game right Mm -hmm. um so we are reaching more people at a bigger scale than ever before um, we were able to do follow-up in a really a really concise and attentive way to the voters who wanted to engage with us. And it just made everything so much easier. Um, so while, you know, I will always tote the title of grassroots organizer proudly, like those extra funds helped us to run a robust rides to the polls program and run a phone bank program that made millions of calls, even in one day at one point, like, and that changes the game, you know? Right. So this is why... Candidates put out
0: fundraising ass all the time. It really does make a difference. Let's talk about issues, though. We talked about how, how you know the media, and it's frustrating, always likes to focus on the horse race. And that overshadows many times the issues. Why in this race did the GOP's focus on immigration and the border fail, John, do you think?
2: Well, I think they just had a really um, uh, uh, shaky leg to stand on. When, uh, when the Senate comes out with a bipartisan plan, um, which is, you know, by and large, uh, probably the most, uh, you know, conservatively friendly immigration plan that Democrats have ever accepted, um, and then it is outright rejected. Um, and then when Mozzie Pillup is not able to effectively communicate um, a position on that, um, right. I, you know, they believe that they could attack Tom Swasey on this. Um, and I think he addressed it head on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I think it's a combination of um, the sort of Republican dysfunction um, at the national level um, trickling down. And then also Tom Swasey's skill um, as a communicator and and uh, his experience as a as a political leader. Um, that, you know, helped him turn the immigration issue on its head um, and in his favor.
0: Casey, what was some of the feedback that you got from voters on this issue of immigration?
1: (laughs) We talked about it all the time. Um, You really couldn't go more than like three phone calls, door knocks without someone bringing it up. But I want to just like echo everything John just said. Like we had an experienced leader on our side who has a record of like digging through complicated, nuanced problems and trying to solve them. So we could point to Tom's record on, you know, he ran one of the largest police departments in America as the county executive of Nassau. right? Pointing to that and pointing to like the nuance of what happened with ICE here when he was also county executive. Like we had real evidence to say, no, this man can come in and deal with these problems. And it made a world of difference when you're campaigning against someone who has no evidence uh, pointing to why she can fix any of these problems and also can't put together the words of how she could fix them. Um, So, yeah, we just took all of that and we ran on it in the field and we didn't run away from it, which I think is a more common play, right? As we've seen um, a lot of conversations on Long Island about crime that have largely been talking points fed by the Republican Party. Like we Mm -hmm. just had truly something. And I think these attacks were in that same vein, right? We just actually had such good evidence and narratives and experience to fight back with and the money and the field team to do it and the comms to do it that it actually really worked out. But yeah, we talked about it like, (laughs) <laughs> My car died on the way to the election night party and the cops who helped me were like, "Oh yeah, we voted for Swazi. You got any thoughts on how you're going to fix immigration?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, wow. guys."
2: Well, wow, <laughs> and let really me funny. can I just emphasize something that Casey said was she sure. said we didn't run away from it. And that was a risk, right? That it was, you know, that the the way that that the campaign really actually turned into it, right? And um, you know, explained uh Swazi's positioning. Um, you know in the face of those attacks um explain Swazi's uh uh experience as the county executive um I, I think w- was a risk and it really paid off and it was it just as a testament to the team they had mm-hmm. uh, Casey included and and so um you know kudos.
0: Yeah, and I think also this is where the candidate makes a difference, because Swazi really knew how to just turn that argument, as you both said, on its head and make it a winning issue. Other two issues which were winning issues for him were taxes and abortion. Super PACs especially seem to put a lot of money into pushing the line that abortion rights are under attack. Why were these also winning issues, Casey, did you find?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I want to acknowledge is I actually think the PACs are the perfect entity to communicate those messages. Like, you know, we can't coordinate with them, do not know what they're doing, but abortion is an issue that has become national and universal and uniting for women. So you had like these outside groups talking about that and us as insiders, you know, and the candidate talking about the things we could uniquely speak to, like the immigration issue or Tom's unique understanding and fight for the salt tax and, you know, more tax fairness on Long Island. Um, So like they one they communicated the right message but two i think what like them what i don't know it was just like we have lived through george santos now right we have lived through so much crap um you know if this race happened exactly this way five years ago i don't like abortion doesn't have the same ring even in 2022 we struggled to get people to believe that like that right was under attack but i think as we've lived through like some really bad governance who didn't take our beliefs into account and i have seen those rights attacked and attacked and attacked again, like that argument became so much more salient. Um, so even just like a two or one year, like difference stepping away, like people are aware it's under attack more and we've lived through attacks on it. Um, so like that issue, I think uniquely this year made a difference in a way it might not have a year or two before here in New York.
0: And what about you, John? What are your thoughts about that?
2: Yeah, look, um... Abortion, um I would say anytime you are taking away a right um uh from 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 people, um, that is going to get them extremely motivated. Um I think abortion rights are particularly potent because you're you are really dealing with the health, um, you know, healthcare and the health of women. Um, right. And so uh, and you know and let's not forget this is half of the population uh, so um that's number one um I, I think that um Mazzie uh, the the iconic moment of this campaign um that you know that I think I, I will remember is the debate where um you know Swazi really cornered her on her positioning on abortion what what are you where where do you stand um what you know you say you're you say you're um, You know, you say you're pro-life personally, but you're not against the right to choose. That doesn't make any sense. You know, again, she was not able to articulate that. Um, And, um, you know, the final thing I want to say is, you know, in this district, um, electorate trends older, right? And so if you think about women, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, older women who do remember a time um, when, uh, you know, abortion rights were not accessible. Um, where their right to choose was not guaranteed, um, they they remember what what that was. They remember the fights to get there, and um, you know, you know, these are the women who were um, you know beating the drum um, pre Dobbs, uh, saying you know they're coming after these rights, they're coming after these rights. You don't ignore this, um, and um, you know now here we are, right? Um, you know. That is extremely motivating to this uh, subset of voters, mm-hmm. um, and um, and so and I think you saw that, uh,
0: Casey. As we all know, this was the seat formerly held by uh, the notorious and now expelled uh, congressman, former congressman George Santos. You were on the front lines of that anti anti Santos movement and did a tremendous amount of organizing around holding him accountable when he did hold that seat how much do you think that organizing and that energy helped fuel the turnout for this election
1: ooh yeah i think uh, i don't want to overstate how important that was cuz like we also did such amazing organizing the swazi campaign did amazing organizing like everyone came together there are people i could be thanking forever but i do think that having such a publicized embarrassment of a congressman made people want to come back and having organized around this issue before and created crowds and crowds and people like press training volunteers and all of that did of course like lead into this we started almost every conversation with a voter with being like you know George Santos okay he finally got kicked out now we get a chance to do this again and to use that as a way to orient voters and make them understand was great and the fact that it was so publicized meant that everyone had a gateway into understanding and being engaged in this election. Not to mention, like, it was so nice to get, like, notes and and texts and letters from volunteers after this being, like, full circle, we did it, we took him out, you got me involved with the anti-Santos movement, and then I'm at the Swazi campaign, and now next year I want to volunteer for the next, like, hot race, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're building infrastructure. That's Um, great. Yeah, but it allowed us to have better conversations, and it allowed more people to enter, because it was such a big, salient, public, organized issue.
0: So, John, what do you think uh, also helped turn out? I know Grace Meng, Ming, for example, put a lot of energy into getting out the AAPI vote, uh, which made a huge difference, especially in Queen. What else do you think maybe kind of fueled the, the turnout that you saw despite the winter storm on Election Day and also early voting was tremendous and absentee voting?
2: I, th- I think that's... Um what actually helped was the the spotlight on this race, right um this was you know th- there was a narrative about this race that this is a bellwether for um you know the 2024 November elections um and um, you know there was a nationalization of this race um and you know it, you know you can't ignore, Um, The impact of that kind of attention, Um, you know, people, you know, in addition to so, you know, what does that do Um, that, uh, you know, signals to donors across the country that they need to get involved and they got involved Um, that, uh, you know, gives another that that gives voters another um, uh, or gives the campaign another way to communicate to voters. Hey, this is happening. It's on Tuesday show up. um, Right. So in addition to the mail, the field, the digital, the TV ads, they're seeing it on the press. You know, they're they're reading it in the press. They're seeing it on CNN. um, Right. And so um, all of that, um, I, I think, really helped.
0: So this was a special election. How much should we read into this win, given that it was a special and not a general election? Casey, I'll let you take that.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to be a little biased. What I want us to read out of this and I do think also the evidence is here to support it is like I've been working on Long Island since 2020. There's been a lot of dialogues and conversations lately about like can we win this area? Is it becoming redder? What's going on here? But also it's incredibly diverse here and like there are real challenges here that I think Democrats can legislate and people will notice when they are fixed or better. So to me, I am ready to like put this on a t-shirt and tell everyone that like we are viable. Like maybe you have to acknowledge concerns in a very nuanced way. And maybe we have to run the kind of people who have a breadth of experience, or maybe we need to do X, Y, and Z, like takeaway can be whatever. But to me, this proves that this area we were concerned about, that we were losing hope in, um, can be organized and can be messaged and is completely viable to me. And I also think it sets the stage for like all of New York in 2024, which I think is super exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's a special like that money, the resources, not everything will be the same. But also as someone who's been here for several years, I got to watch the pleasure of like Grace Ming has been organizing with the AAPI community for years and years and years. Like this has been something that's been being built. And I think it's just grown to a point where in a special it got extra resources and we couldn't deny the power of it. Right. It's like you mm-hmm. have open Pandora's box of good activism on Long Island and I don't think we're going to let you shut it. So that's what it means to me. (laughs) John, what's your take
0: about this being a special and not a general?
2: Well, I, you know, I think, so uh, what I like about what Casey said is that, you know, what this shows is that we should invest in Long Island, right? Um, Don't just, you know, don't just forsake it um, that we can win here. Um, I do think that this special election um is a a a proof point um to that end um what i will say is that oh no did i lose you all
0: no Oh. okay i'm getting
2: a phone call what i will say is that i um i don't know how much this race um uh i don't know if this race gives us any indication of how the suburbs of phoenix are going to vote or how the suburbs Mm -hmm. of detroit are going to vote um, right? Like I think that the issues and the candidates and the voters are different there. Um, right? And so I don't want to read into it too much on that end. Um, but let's think about it this way. Um, Long Island is the most competitive turf um, in New York State. Um, we're looking at at this point a two vote majority on the Republican side. Uh, so we can you know we can make or break the House of Representatives, on long island yeah. uh, you know so if there's an opportunity to win this um to win this back um you know we should look at long island because we just showed how to win there
0: yeah. So let's expand on that. Then what is kind of the bigger lesson here for other Dems running in competitive districts across New York state, of which there are many and many of these districts are competitive. We need to claw them back from the Republicans and we have to hold on to a few that we barely, that Democrats barely won. Uh, what do you think, John?
2: Um, what What's the bigger lesson here? Uh-huh. You know, again, I think it's the quality of the candidate matters. We need to pick quality candidates. Um, Tom Swazi is an extremely, uh, you know, first of all, he's extremely well known. The Swazi name goes really far um, in in Glen Cove, in Nassau County. Um, You know, for generations, they've represented the people there. Um, They're used to seeing the Swazi name on the ballot. Um, And he has a track record and he's popular. Um, And so it's important. I, I think that's a lesson to be learned is that the candidates matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that the party, you know, I, I think the party since, you know, over the last 10 years has paid a bit more attention to the bench and, you know, the the candidates at the local or state levels that we can bring up into uh, the House and the Senate, um, which is a really important investment to make because, again, the candidate is important. You need quality candidates who will do the work.
0: And Casey, what do you think the lesson is? From your, from your vantage point right there in the district.
1: Yeah, and I really like um, that John mentioned like the bellwether concept, because I agree like this, it's hard to look at the New York suburbs, which are big and complicated and uniquely next to the, <laughs> one, you know a huge city with its own problems um, and compare it to like the Midwest suburbs where I myself grew up and I'm like, this is not the same. Um, but what I think when you like zoom out a little more, what we did on the Swazi campaign uniquely was like, he spoke truth to power and attacked issues head on. And as someone who's been here on the ground for a while, I think our inclination has been to run. And like, that is a fair thing to do. You don't want to repeat Republican talking points back and give them more power and energy. Um, so it seems like the best thing to do is to like push those those things down. But what we saw was someone running a campaign that was really authentic. I saw a tweet on election day that was like Tom Suozzi has cool Italian dad energy on this, which is like, right that was him being himself um talking about the issues he knows he can handle and like you can only say to a voter so many times oh no that's not a real concern before they just don't even pick up the phone for you right like you have to talk to people about what they care about Mm -hmm. and to me this election demonstrated that like when you don't run and hide when you speak that truth there is a lot of power in that rhetoric and the way we run those campaigns
0: Now, New York is a battleground in the race for Democrats to regain the House majority. Casey, tell us a little bit about the coordinated campaign state Dems are running this cycle and how that can perhaps help make a a difference in some of these districts.
1: Oh, we have so many exciting things coming up. Um, So now that the special is over, I know personally I am going to be doing a lot of youth and campus organizing, planning and work. Um, which really excites me. I have run really massive internship programs on Long Island and in the city. And I think young people in New York want to get involved, but don't always understand that this, you know, this Democratic party welcomes them too, and that they have a place in politics, especially if they come from a more diverse community or less affluent community. So we're going to be doing a lot with like youth organizing, college organizing, especially in targeted districts. Um, we are going to be doing a lot with, like, just trying to make sure everyone is talking to each other. Because I think a lot of times we, you know, we all do the same things rather than being more strategic about who is handling what on the state Senate side or at the top or in the congressional campaigns. Mm -hmm. So like, one, you're going to see a lot of cool youth organizing done and constituent outreach. But two, we're also just going to like actually talk to each other, which I think is sometimes understated for how powerful it can be. And as we learned on the Swazi campaign, you know, like, we can effectively air traffic control a lot of partners in the room to, to all come together for a win if we just really think about how we're doing it. So
0: John, what else do you think Democrats need to do?
2: Well, again, I love the coordinated campaign um, concept here. And, it's, and, and this is something that has not happened. Um, uh, and, and I think it's um, a thumbs up to the party leadership uh, that is putting this together. Um, finally, right, because there needs to be a coordination of resources so that we can um, go to the the races on the you know on the federal level and the state level um, that are the most winnable that we're effectively investing the resources of the party um, into the 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 races that give us the best chance to win, and that we are um, you know we are singing the same song. As it relates to the issues whether it's an issue that we're getting attacked on or an issue that we want to push forward um and and that's the idea behind a coordinated campaign um and so yes i you know new york is a vital state new york is the heart of the democratic party in the country um I, i firmly believe that and um and i i think it's about time that that we've you know organized this effort um and and, yeah, so that's what I think we need to do. I think that's how we win.
0: It's such a crucial year twenty twenty four I mean with the congressional races, you know the the race for the White House. I'd like to end the podcast with a call to action. What are some things that you think people at home can do to help Democrats win throughout the state? Casey, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, my thoughts are obviously, if you're in a local area that's super competitive, um you know, make friends with those who want to come in and give you resources and help you. And we will also make sure to respect what you know in your community um, and you as an activist. So my first thing is like, if you're in a competitive area, stay where you are and get ready. Um, My second thing is, is a coordinated campaign does mean there is a larger state infrastructure and we are working together as one state um, to accomplish our goals. So I think if you are in an area that's redder, or maybe if uh, Elise Stefanik is your Congresswoman. Obviously, I want you to stay invested local, but also you are welcome to this bigger this bigger party and this bigger movement we're building, both for your own community and eventually turning red areas bluer. Um, or like just for the for the sake of like if you want to be a part of the bigger push to turn this this place blue, like I will always open my doors on Long Island to anyone from all over the state who wants to to come help get the important messages out. like we just talked about on the last campaign. So I think just be ready, like we are going to give more opportunities to get involved this year. It's going to be easier, accessible to get involved. Um, We are going to do virtual things. So just like this is a this is the time to invest in your home state is what I would say. And even if you're not from New York, we we could win the house back through this. So like we are going to open the doors to work with people in a respectful and smart manner so we can see the same successes as we saw in New York three. Where we kept our local vibe and integrity and respect, but also so many people from all over came in to help. So I would say let's just keep it going. This is the energy we need for 2024, keep and we greasing, get ready.
0: Keep greasing the wheel, John. What are your thoughts?
2: Look, there are so many ways that you can get involved. Um, you know, depending on where you are and and what your capacity is. If you have financial capacity, you can donate money. If you have uh, time on your hands, you can make phone calls. Um, you know, I think depending on where you are in the state, um, you know, your best bet would be to reach out to your local county party um, and um, you know, take their lead on uh, whether there are competitive races happening um, in your neck of the woods, or uh, if they are uh, deploying resources to a, a nearby district um, where, you know, where it's needed most. Um, you know, uh, that's what I would say. Uh, and then finally educate yourself, you know, um, who are the candidates running? Who, who represents you? Do you like them? Um, where do they stand? Do they agree with you? Um, and, uh, talk to your neighbors about it. Um, and, and, um, that, you know, that's how you build a movement is just, you know, People talking to their neighbors, talking to their friends, saying, hey, you know, did you know this uh, this congressperson is Um, anti-choice? So thrilled about that. What are we going to do? You know, and that that's how these that's how these movements build.
0: Uh, and it can be such rewarding work. It's a lot of work. But I think when you really get in the trenches and and realize that it really does make a difference, you can make friends, you can, you know, make a difference in your own community, you know, in your own state, and that's very rewarding. So uh, definitely do try to get involved. Uh, Casey, John, thanks for joining us today. I'm so glad that we were able to talk about a win Um, And have a positive podcast and uh, talk about all of the efforts and the energy that the Democrats have now. And hopefully we can build on that and uh, keep winning uh, in 2024. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. You can find us online at IndivisibleWestchester.org, on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks so much for listening.